shock of static when she brushed against it. The ceramic tiles on the floor of the foyer were like blocks of ice, making her dance on her tiptoes. She passed quickly into the dining room where the carpet was lush, but she grimaced as she cut her foot on something sharp buried in the weave. She bent down and kneaded the pile with her fingers until she located a triangular shard of glass, which she cupped in her hand. When she peered into the dusty shelves of their hutch, she saw that a Russian crystal tumbler, a wedding gift from her parents, was missing. Oh, Evan, she breathed. She didn't have time to worry about the broken treasure. She continued to the rear of the house where Michael kept his private office. The door was closed, as it usually was now. The room was off-limits to anyone but him. Her husband claimed that Evan had been playing with his computer, but she suspected that Michael was more afraid of what she would find hidden in his personal files. Pictures. Photographs. She put her ear to the door, and she could hear him lightly snoring. He'd been sleeping down here, away from her, for several weeks. Allison was relieved that he was still in the house. She told herself that her paranoia was just a dream, like the ants. That was how it worked when you suspected something you didn't dare believe. You used every opportunity, every excuse, to tell yourself that you were wrong. Michael was not a monster. Even so, Allison knew that his being here now in the morning meant nothing. She'd slept most of the night and in those hours anything could have happened. She had to know the truth. She backtracked to the foyer, where the vaulted ceiling loomed over the entryway. Michael kept his keys in a ceramic bowl by the door, and she scooped them into her hand. She threw open the double front doors and ran outside. They lived in the country. She heard morning birds squawking in the spruce trees beyond the field. The field stones on their walkway were freezing, she could see her breath. Michael's black sedan was parked outside the garage. There were needles of frost on the windows. She put her palm on the hood and it was cold, but in the twenty-degree lows overnight, cars cooled down almost as soon as the engine stopped. She opened the driver's door. The car was never locked. There was no need for locks here in the middle of nowhere. She remembered the exact number. She'd slipped outside to memorize the odometer before she went to bed. It was her lifeline. Allison sat inside, racked with shivers so severe she could barely hold the key and slide it into the ignition. She turned the key just far enough to jolt the electrical systems. The dashboard blinked to life in red and white lights. She leaned forward over the steering wheel to study the mileage, and her hands slapped over her mouth in horror. She read the number three times to be certain she wasn't wrong. The odometer had changed. Thirty miles. He'd driven thirty miles overnight. Evan sat at the kitchen table, slurping cereal from his spoon and turning the pages in a comic book. Allison heard the shower pipes overhead and knew her husband was awake. She was dressed smartly for work and wore an apron over her pink blouse to avoid spatter from the bacon in the frying pan. Michael liked a hot breakfast, and she still cooked it for him each morning the way she had for years, as if nothing had changed between them. Can I have some orange juice? Evan asked. Allison glanced at the boy. Her grim face softened. Sure, 
She opened the door of the side-by-side refrigerator and grabbed a carton of juice from the top shelf, but when she shook it, she realized the carton was empty. She blew out her breath in frustration. It was a stupid little thing, but she couldn't handle the little things today. Sorry, kiddo. No juice. Oh, did you finish it and not tell me? No? Allison gave her son the mock evil eye. Because when you finish it and put the carton back, I don't know to buy more, right? So you don't get any juice that way. I didn't do it, Evan insisted. Whatever you say, Allison replied. But she was sure that Evan was the culprit. She returned to the bacon, which was blackening rapidly from crispy to burned. She pulled the pan off the range, but the charred odor was strong. She was upset because she hadn't had time to cook breakfast before getting dressed. Now her pantsuit and her long red hair would smell of bacon.